We welcome you to the preaching service of the Scotts Fork Christian Church. I'm Otis Clark, the minister, and we're so pleased to have you sharing with us. I have spoken since I been on this subject since I have been at the Scotts Fork Christian Church, and I feel led to talk about it again because it is so important. This morning we are going to be talking about the Christian home. And when we think about the needs in our world, how that we can be of help and hopefully make for a, a better nation, uh, I can't help but feel that one of the biggest things that we need to understand is that we need to restore the kind of home that is revealed in the sacred scriptures. No greater need in our world than the restoration of the Christian home. And so I'm going to be reading in the Ephesian letter. You've heard the words probably many a time. And I'll start with the fifth chapter beginning in verse 21 and reading down through the first verse of the sixth chapter. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Why submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord? For the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church, the body of which he is the Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hated his own body, but they feed and care for their body, just as Christ does the church. For we are members of his body. And for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery, but I am talking about Christ and the church. However, each one of you should also must love his wife as herself, and the wife must respect her husband. And then that first verse in the sixth chapter, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Yes, this morning we're talking about one of the institutions ordained by our Lord. We know that we go back to the book of Genesis, to the book of beginnings, and the first institution that was ordained was the Christian home, Adam and Eve. We also understand that as we continue to read the sacred word, that our government is ordained of the Lord uh, that we are to submit to the powers that be. And then also that we understand that the church, the body of Christ, was brought into existence on the day of Pentecost when Peter preached that first gospel sermon recorded in the second chapter of the book of Acts. I want to mention six things this morning that I think that we need to understand that our Lord would want us to understand about how to have a Christian home. We need to understand that in reading the scriptures that marriage should be divinely started. And this is so important uh, because we know that uh, God the Father, Jesus the Christ, the Holy Spirit, uh, they are the author 
of marriage. They are the one who gave ones who gave us our teaching. And so as we share this morning, and I hope you'll listen closely as we share for this few minutes, and that being is there is such a need in our day, now listen to me closely, it's such a dire need, so profound of a need to teach our children how to start a marriage. Marriage should be divinely started. What am I saying here? That as a man and a woman approaches and considering becoming husband and wife is that they need to be taught in a loving way that this is a sacred institution and it is to be taken very, very seriously. In um, looking uh, uh, at different people's comments about marriage and so forth, I found it interesting, possibly some of you who listen, uh, listen to Bob Russell's blog that he puts on Facebook and uh, they're so interesting. And he was commenting about marriage and, and he was talking about uh, the beauty and the profoundness of uh, a young couple having their wedding ceremony in a church facility. He said, when we do this, and I don't have every word that he wrote down, I just jotted down a couple of things, is that a church wedding communicates the spiritual nature of marriage. Marriage ordained by God. And uh, when uh, we have a, a wedding in a church facility, uh, that hopefully there is a feeling amongst all of the attendees that this is truly a spiritual occasion. And he said also it provides an opportunity for evangelism. And what he was saying here, that in all probability that when a couple has their wedding in a church facility, that there could very well be people who are unbelievers who come to the church facility, uh, people from different backgrounds, and it gives an opportunity to share and let them get the feel if maybe they maybe some who might attend have never been in a church facility, and it gives them uh, a feeling about what it is like being in a building dedicated to the worship of God. And uh, and then also uh, a wedding, uh, many times when they're held in a church, they are less expensive. Uh, I don't know per se what a cost is at different locations, but I know, and you know as well as I do, that some can be very, very expensive. Also, we're able to say that they're a lot more effective in that they uh, touch people from all different types of backgrounds, and hopefully the Lord is glorified. And then the fifth thing that we notice is that it provides an alcohol-free environment. You see, friends, uh, the building where the uh, when we share in the, the uh, marriage in a building uh, where the author of marriage is worshipped, and when people gather there for the wedding, I don't think I'm being presumptuous in saying that probably uh, many know that in that particular facility, many a profound sermon was preached. They knew that great hymns had been sung to the Lord and so forth and so on and so uh, how appropriate the author of marriage who's God the Father uh, and this is in a building where he is worshipped and where he is praised but uh, there are things that need to happen in a marriage that only when God's word is in the couple's life and in and the presence of the Holy Spirit 
can it be as it ought to be? I say often from the pulpit at the Scots Fork Christian Church, Matthew 5, 6, and 7 records some of the greatest words our Lord ever spoke, Matthew 5, 6, and 7. And in that teaching, those teachings, is that uh, it tells us about things that we need to do, and I would submit to you, to you that we cannot do that really uh, on our own strength, where it says, if someone strikes you, on one cheek turn the other somebody asks you to go a mile go two and so on and so when there is a knowledge of God's word and when the Holy Spirit is living in a couple's life then in all probability they will handle many many things that if they leaned solely on secular thinking that they would not be able to handle when the secular thinking is our guide we will not do that which needs to be done or said and how true that is it's just not natural uh, that uh, we uh, make that a pr the natural thing is that if uh, we get in an argument uh, and we do not have a knowledge of how to handle an argument or how to handle a, a heated discussion uh, then we'll probably respond in the secular way and that is oftentimes in no way the way that our Lord would want us to handle it. And that Holy Spirit, and I get aggravated myself, brothers and sisters, because so many of the times I think maybe I don't talk enough about the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is a very important part of the Trinity. And He, the Holy Spirit, enables us to do things that we cannot do on our own. So marriage, first and foremost, is that we need to realize God ordained and that it needs to be divinely started. Also, there needs to be daily fidelity to the marriage vows. When we get married, we stop looking for the right person and we seek to become the right person. So often, if we are not careful, so much emphasis can be placed on certain elements of uh, of marriage that after all is said and done are not that important. We know that when we go back to the very book of Genesis and read about Adam and Eve and about the temptation that came to them and we know from the beginning of time that uh, uh, Satan has always worked through the lust of the flesh and uh, and it's so important that we understand that in becoming a husband and wife that there is more than just the physical probably you have heard through the years of time that if a marriage basically is has begun uh, with much much emphasis placed upon the physical and that being the prevailing uh, element of that marriage in all probability it will end in ruin because we may look a certain way when we're 22 and 23 and 25 and then we come along to 40 and 45 and 50 and a lot of things start changing and so that's why that when we are married that we understand that there needs to be daily fidelity to those marriage to those marriage vows dr billy graham said and he said it so aptly friends and as we think about our marriages as we think about our homes oh how 
they need to understand what is involved because we know that as he said that uh, that sexual sins are some of the most dangerous uh, dangerous that we can commit and so we uh, need to see that when we become a husband and wife that uh, we no longer are looking for the right person we seek to become the right person and friends, the next thing that we need to see and to have the kind of marriage and the kind of home that Christ would have us to have is that there needs to be daily family altar. You've heard the expression, a family, listen to me closely, who prays together stays together. I know that you believe, I hope I'm right in saying this, that you believe in the power of prayer. And prayer changes more things for the good than this world will ever realize. Where Paul admonished the church at Thessalonica, he said, I want you to pray without ceasing. And I cannot, as a husband, and Sharon and I have been married now over 55 years, and that is, uh, there's no way that I can say uh, that prayer is not important. Prayer, prayer, prayer changes things. And I want to encourage you, maybe moms are listening, maybe dads are listening, maybe both are listening. I don't know who is listening, but I knew all this, friends, that we need uh, to spend time in earnest, fervent prayer. And more things are wrought by prayer than this world will ever realize. And so I would like to encourage you, friends, to consider that. You don't have to be uh, really flowery, so to speak, or uh, really whatever you might want to call it, uh, impressive with your language. But just say maybe with your family before you eat a meal, uh, Father, we thank you for this food. We thank you that we live in a land where we have food to eat. We have a house to live in and on and on I can go but I just would beg of you if you're not a praying family if you're not praying with your children praying to your wife praying I encourage you to do that I can look back over 60 years of preaching and I can honestly say friends that throughout it all uh, even when in the valley I've seen the hand of the Lord at work many times we had to be patient but in doing so and in due time we will see he was there all the time. And then, friends, the fourth thing is so important, is a mother who realizes her uniqueness. I still, I guess, I'm of the old cloth that no mother, and we still have mothers who are choosing this, and I applaud them, and that is uh, a mother who is a stay-home mother. That is nothing to be winked at. That is something that is so, so admirable. And we know today that, and, and I'm not saying this to put guilt on anyone, uh, but we know today that, uh, uh, as I've seen recently on documentaries and et cetera, that children are raising themselves. Children are raising themselves. And we all know that uh, in the Holy Word, it talks about the importance going all the way back to the book of Deuteronomy about teaching the children, placing the words on their foreheads, etc., etc., so that they might know that which is right. You know, in life, we have many things. 
a man. He has many shirts, probably many slacks, many shoes, and on and on we could go. And the same thing could be said uh, about women. They have much clothing and, and jewelry and so on. But friends, one of the things that we see as we look at the sacred word is that you only have one mother. And some years ago, uh, Temple Bailey wrote a parable on motherhood, and it is so beautiful. And, uh, and I'd like for all mothers, if you're listening, and everyone who's listening to this podcast, to listen to this particular writing. The young, the young mother set her foot on the paths of life. Is the way long, she asked. And her guide said, yes, and the way is hard, and you will be old before you reach the end of it. But the end will be better than the beginning. But the young mother was happy, and she would not believe that anything could be better than these years. So she played with her children, gathered flowers for them along the way, bathed with them in the clear streams, and the sun shone on them, and life was good. And the young woman cried, nothing will ever be more lovely than this. And then night came, the storm, the path was dark, and the children shook with fear and cold. And the mother drew them close and covered them with her mantle. And the children said, Oh, mother, we are not afraid, for you are near, and no harm can come. And the mother said, This is better than the brightness of day, for I have taught my children courage. As the morning came and there was a hill ahead and the children climbed and grew weary and the mother was weary, but at all times she said to the children, a little patience, a little patience, and we are there. So the children climbed and when they reached the top, they said, we could not have made it without you, mother. And the mother, when she lay down that night, looked up at the stars and said, this is a better day than the last. For my children have learned fortitude in the face of hardness. Yesterday I gave them courage. Today I've given them strength. And the next day came strange clouds which darkened the, the earth. Clouds of war and clouds of hate and evil. And the children groped and, and stumbled. And the mother said, look up. Lift your eyes to the light. And the children looked up and saw the clouds, uh, the clouds and everlasting glory. And it guided them and brought them beyond the darkness. And that night, the mother said, This is the best day of all, for I have taught my children God. And then that continued writing goes on. And uh, But she said, uh, uh, I beg your pardon, what we need to realize is this parable that Timothy Bailey has written is so profound because uh, it uh, helps us to see uh, what many and many and many a mother has done through the annals of time. You know, it's, uh, I, I guess you'd right to say it this way, a sad fact in that so many uh, people uh, uh, maybe would not be Christians today, sons and children, grandchildren and all. And so, but because of a godly mother. And as you continue to read a little further about that uh, article by uh, Temple Bailey, and uh, it goes on to say, and the days went on, the weeks and the months and the years, and the mother grew old and she was little and bent, but her children were tall and strong and walked with courage. And when the way was rough, they lifted her, for she was as light as a feather. And at the, at the last they came to a hill, and beyond the hill they could see a shining road and golden gates swung by. 
And the mother said, I've reached the end of my journey. And now I know that the end is better than beginning, for my children can walk alone and their children after them. And the children said, you will always walk with us, mother, even when you've gone through the gates. And they stood and watched her as she went on alone. And the gates closed after her. And they said, we cannot see her, but she is with us still. A mother like ours is more than a memory. She is a living presence. Tremendous, tremendous teaching on, uh, by Temple Bailey about a parable on motherhood. A mother, how can we have the kind of Christian home? How can we have the uh, home and have a kind the marriage that Christ would have us to have? Is that the mother who realizes her uniqueness, there are things that she can say and do that no one else can do. The touch of a mother's hand and how meaningful all of that is. And then there needs to be a father with a deep resolute and that is as Joshua says in Joshua 24:15 listen to me fathers we all have probably heard these words and this is where Joshua said as for me and my house we will serve the Lord what a different world we would have what a different world we would have if fathers would be like Joshua of old and say and say and mean it from the bottom of his heart that what I will do as a father because I realize uh, the merit of knowing God's word I realize the blessings that come from following the, following the teachings of Christ that is for me and my house we will serve the Lord we know as we look today and see many of the problems that are in our world problems in our homes that our psychologists are saying and talking about the ill effects of an absentee father. Just as a mother has those things that she can do that are unique and just so uh, important in her life, so it is with fathers. The, excuse me, so important that we realize the teachings of Joshua 24:15. as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And then we look at the sixth theme, and we read that just a moment ago, and that's where it's said in Ephesians 6, 1, Children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. Yes, it is true. I hate to say that. I believe this. That is just reported recently that children are raising themselves. Friends, there is no greater task placed before you and before me than being the kind of father, being the kind of mother that is taught in the Holy Word. And friends, this statement is so important. And this statement is this, is you honor God. You honor God as a father. You honor what he has to say about being a Christian father. You honor him as a mother. Look at the Word of God and what it has to say about being a Christian mother. You will be honored. The reason, to a big degree, and I don't mean to give a simplistic answer, but the reason, reason there are so many problems in our marriages, in our homes, is because we do not know the greatest teachings in the world, listen to me, in regard to marriage like are found in the Holy Bible. If you want to be honored, 
you want your children you want to look up to you and respect you and uh, have great reverence if you will for you because of what you're doing not only what you're saying but that you're living it not only talking about it but living it out that uh, it's, it's a tremendous blessing uh, that we can bring to many people and I just want to challenge all of us who are listening to this podcast to realize that we have drifted so, so far, and this is not unfair, from a respect, listen to me, from a respect of God's word as it relates to having the kind of marriage, the kind of home that Christ intended for us to have. It's not for me to rewrite. I don't need to rewrite because what he has given in his holy word about what is expected of us and the blessings that can come, they're perfect. They are perfect. But it seems like we want to do, as it says in the last verse in the book of Judges, that the people did that which was right in their own eyes. Friends, we cannot listen to the world. We cannot listen to the secular world. And it's unbelievable the links that people go to to get the Bible to say what they want it to say. Yes, a Christian home. Nothing more beautiful. Nothing more beautiful. And I just encourage you, if you do not have a church home, uh, would want to know more about how to have a Christian home, feel free to call me at my home, 859-236-4907. And I'll be happy to come and pray with you and talk with you about how to have a Christian home, which this can make all the difference in all the world. May God bless you. Father, we thank you for these words. We thank you for the realization that we can have a happy home, that we can have peace and harmony in homes, but it's not gonna come about if we listen to the thinking of the secular world. It's only gonna come about is that if we make up our minds and resolve to follow your word, the teachings in your word, and living as we, as you would have us to live. Bless each one who has listened today. In the Master's name we pray, amen.